Some men do say King Arthur is not dead, but by the will of our Lord Jesus sleeps, yet to awake, deathless and reassure us. And therefore is it that grave where he is laid, this legend hath that still his kingdom keeps. I'm Jerry McGreer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is Still His Kingdom Keeps, a creepy but necessary podcast where Chris and I cover every single episode of the TV show Merlin, where wizards fall in love with other wizards, even though they're probably evil. Welcome back, everybody. Thank you for listening. Uh, just want to say, once again, we really appreciate the support and uh, the people downloading the episodes. We really, really appreciate that. Uh, we are recently approved to be on Amazon Music, Stitcher, and Google Podcast. So if you've been waiting for a reason to subscribe to us on one of those services, please go do so. And if you are looking for us on a service that you can't find us, I don't know how you would be listening to this, but just let me know, I guess. Just send an email to us or tweet at us or you know, donate to the Patreon at patreon.com slash monster of the week. And then tell me where to go put the podcast. Cause then that's what I'll do. Yeah. Hey Chris, how you doing? Hey Jeremy, I have mm-hmm. a question for you. Sure. Shoot. Who's more problematic, Edwin or Nimue? Uh, well, we don't know Nimue's, uh, <laughs> we don't know Nimue's like motivations yet. And Edwin in this so episode true. has, so has true. some pretty clear motivations, uh, mm-hmm. which are not like, necessarily wrong like you get why this dude wants to do the things that he wants to do uh for sure and you get like and like even though he kind of uses morgana as his pawn like he heals her at the same time so like you know he doesn't really hurt anybody i mean he tries to kill merlin at one point but by that point he's kind of just going all over the place uh i'm gonna hasn't tried to kill merlin at least once yeah i'm gonna go nimue only because like we've seen her try to kill basically everybody (laughs) like she doesn't she's kind of indiscriminate um she did like poison the water with a exactly yeah dude Uh which is definitely that's definitely problematic that's definitely uh edwin has one target in mind and we're already getting into spoiler territory and i haven't even told you what happened last time on merlin you haven't please do in my notes, I wrote last time on Merling. Merling, I, good. Do you, is Merlin slang for Merling? 
Of course. Yeah, definitely. Anyway, uh, last time on Merlin, Camelot was under attack by a griffin. This is the long one. I wrote a lot for this one. Oh, Camelot was under attack by a griffin, a vicious beast that could only be defeated with magic. With Uther doing nothing as usual, it was up to Arthur and his men to try and combat the monster and keep Camelot safe. Meanwhile, Merlin stumbled into the arms of yet another handsome man, the noble wandering swordsman Lancelot, and Merlin quickly become fast friends. And Merlin tries his best to help Lancelot fulfill his dream of becoming a knight. In the end, Lancelot and Merlin team up to defeat the Griffin, and although Lancelot is named a hero for his victory, he is not of noble birth and therefore cannot become a knight. With his dreams dashed but not his spirits, Lancelot sets out to prove himself worthy to himself. That's it. That's well, That was what happened. That was the whole episode. I'll be honest with you. I checked out in the middle of that. I just stopped listening. I'm like, I've seen it. Yeah. <laughs> He's not going to say anything Anyone funny. Could. He would, Anyone he, could. He'd be setting me up for a bit right now if it was funny. But like, this just seems like it's covering old ground. So I'm just not going to listen it was, anymore. It was, it was too much old ground. <laughs> I was checking my doggy coin. Just kidding. You gotta I don't, do it. Fuck all that shit. I don't, I don't do any of that stuff. We are talking about <laughs> Merlin Season 1, Episode 6, A Remedy to Cure All Ills. This aired on October 25th, 2008, and was directed by Ed Freeman and written by Julian Jones. When the Lady Morgana is struck down with the mysterious illness, Gaius is at a loss for a cure. Thankfully, a new physician, Edwin Moiden, <laughs> definitely going. You better get his name right, or somebody's going to get mad and be like, he was a real person. How, how you screwed it up? Edwin Moiden is on hand I had to, to close bring... my DMs because everyone kept messaging me saying, um, "Yeah, nice try, buffoon." Oh, did you get cut? Were you buffooned? Did you get driven off the internet keep, with your buffoonery? I keep getting harassed to call the buffoon, Jeremy. <laughs> I'm going to change your nickname on the Discord right now. Just a buffoon, buffoon. Uh Thankfully, a new physician, Edwin the Scarred, is on hand to bring the King's Ward wow. back from the brink. As the stranger charms his way further into Camelot's court, winning over everyone from Uther to Merlin, Gaius begins to doubt his credentials. Just who is the mysterious newcomer, and what does he want with the royal family? exciting stuff there calling him the royal family really puts a different twist on the pen dragons it does it does there's some there's the thing that happens at the end of this episode that i've kind of alluded to a few times uh i didn't realize it happened this fast and i just i feel like we're going to talk about a two second scene for about 20 minutes so prepare yourselves everybody for chris and jeremy get on one or maybe jeremy just gets on one i don't know i don't know what's going to be this time we'll we'll see what the cards have in store for us uh we're going to start the episode with edwin um mixing a bunch of potions being all creepy fingered is what i wrote in my notes if your introduction (laughs) to a television show is you messing about with potions and bugs Uh i know that you're up to no good also furthermore He's wearing a hood indoors. Indoors. He's alone. He's alone and he's wearing a hood indoors. You know that's a sign of of an evil person. I have an important question, Chris. Like, who is Mm. this extra in their own house? Like, this is giving big, big, like, TikTok influencer energy. Like, I'm going to, you know what I'm saying? Like, I. It was somebody sitting at their computer listening to this right now who just slowly pulled their hood down. They were all cozy in their hoodie. This is different. I bet if. This is different. I bet if you, like, pause it in this scene, we can see, like, the reflection of a ring light in Edwin's eyes and he's just. (laughs) He's all he's live streaming. He's, he's live album. streaming exactly. Uh, he pulls out a box of bugs, uh, and then with his dirty ass fingernails. I don't know why I'm so focused on people's fingernails lately, Chris. But it's just something that's it's just who I am now. Uh, it's he's, troubling. Both both that you that um it's there and that you notice both are troubling. <laughs> for more fingernail chat, please tune into our Patreon exclusive podcast. Seek for the sword is yeah. broken, where we cover Lord of the Rings. Oh, uh, he cast a spell. The bugs come alive, and he puts some bugs in, a, in some flowers, uh, which are then uh, mysteriously delivered to Morgana by Gwen. He's, if this guy's trying to pollinate those, mm-hmm. he's got the wrong kind of bug. This I don't the, know a whole lot about. 
yeah. bugs. I'm not an entomologist. Uh huh. Nope. You're not that. At what is? is no, that, no. I'm just wait, saying you're not that, that. I don't know what that is. Is that a bug that. doctor? If, I believe a bug that's a bug doctor. doctor. Uh-huh. Please stay out of my DMs. Please do not call me a buffoon in my DMs privately. It's so much harder to swallow when you do it privately. <laughs> um, <laughs> There's no one to come to my defense. So, yeah, we need to do it publicly so Jeremy can pop in. It's like, he's I not need, a buffoon. He just practices buffoonery. D- he's not a real yeah. buffoon at all. Yeah. <laughs> Fake-ass buffoon. Um, God gives his silliest battles to his funniest clowns, okay? Um, <laughs> anyway, what is this guy doing? He's putting, a, he's putting a bug in a flower, but he does a little incantation, and that's how you know that he no, he's not trying to erroneously pollinate this flower he's uh-huh. up to no good up to no good uh these flowers are delivered to morgana by gwen who suggests that they could be from arthur and so gwen's in on it and morgana is, is, is like i hope not <laughs> that's gross yeah. i don't like that dude <laughs> yeah. at all yeah no she's not she's not super interested but um yeah we, so we, it's just quick scenes they move fast merlin moves pretty fast yeah. they and i and i've said this before and i'll keep saying it I just like that they're always using the main characters for stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I joked, obviously, oh, Gwen's in on it. No, but she is um, her lady-in-waiting. She's Morgana's lady-in-waiting. Of course she's the one who's going to bring the flowers to her chambers. Yeah. Um, other shows would just have a random extra do it. And and um, Merlin isn't above using its cast. I right? appreciate <laughs> that. Um, exactly. Anyway, later on, so the flowers are delivered, and then later on we see this spooky dude, Edwin, we see him outside at night looking up into a window. You know that this is this has got bad news written all over it. But now we see that he has these burns. We may have seen it earlier, but we have these bur- we see these burn scars all over his face. Yes. So you know he's got some sort of a dark past. Um, this is this then, is off topic, but are you excited to see uh, Misha Collins as Two Face, who will also have kind of a similar makeup effect going? Or? Oh, he'll also have a dark past. Definitely interested in mm-hmm. seeing anyone with a dark past really okay, especially if sure. it's manifested in a physical wound in some way uh-huh, uh-huh, um, uh-huh. in real life you know that's why that's uh, why all my Elden ring characters have scars on their face chris for this yeah, exact reason yeah, they have dark it, past. Go, there's a story there there's yeah. a story there <laughs> <laughs> i wish i had a dark um, anyway. past all i have is no scars and just kind of a boring life it's great yeah, i mean right. don't worry i'm very privileged <laughs> I, but like i grew up in the suburbs nothing interesting about that yeah um, hey you fought skeletons in your yard though dog like that's, that is that's, true a that's lot of pretty, people might not know that it's pretty but dark I did. it's pretty dark man um, <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's definitely dark, but it, you know I always triumphed, and that's why it's not as dark. Chris, um, we're not even to the intro yet. We see the we see the bird face man. Uh, we are we go back and forth as this bug, uh, which it's first is a real bug that is crawling across this bed towards Morgana. It goes under its pillow, and then it comes out the other side of the pillow as CGI bug. I don't know what was happening there, but that's fine. And then the bug climbs onto Morgana's face, and then goes into what looks like her ear. Uh, and then we go to our new intro, uh, and then we zip over to two days later, where uh, Gaius is inspecting, uh, he's kind of trying to figure out what's going on with Morgana, who's been just out, she's been in a coma for the last two days, yeah. while uh, Uther, unhelpfully, just yells at Gaius and calls him like a shitty doctor. And I'm like, dude, it's yeah. been two days, like, I don't, he doesn't it, even also, have- Also, he's trying to do modern day science, and yeah. all he has is like, uh, like, the utensils um, yeah, my, my dude he, ha- my he, dude is gristling up stuff in his in his lab yeah. okay like he's, he doesn't have a fucking microscope or an ekg in there all right he doesn't know what's he, going he on in that brain that this is caused by inflammation of the brain mm-hmm. um we we see a lot of everybody's just very concerned here again i don't really know who let merlin in the building but um like outside of morgana's room we see gwen and merlin they're waiting they're very nervous um we we have uh guinevere telling merlin that she thinks morgana is all but dead like 
things are pretty pretty rough here. That's Gaius that tells uh, him that. Gaius says uh, that. Gaius says that. Because yes. this is this is uh, when Merlin does his usual thing of like, I should use some magic to help her. And Gaius is like, mm-hmm. absolutely not. We're not going to do that. Magic is bad. Uh, go yeah, go find some what you rosemary. Did with dad and Yarrow. You got her thrown in the clink, man. Yeah, yeah. And that dude's dead, right? Did that dude die, or is that? That no, do- they did end up they they did end up curing him. Okay, um, good, 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 good. Everything worked out okay with that. Great. Um, Arthur, meanwhile, walks out of the um, castle gates and is immediately confronted by Edwin, um, who is very, very polite, but insists that he's got a quote remedy to cure all ills, which you may remember from the episode title. Mm. Arthur rightfully dismisses him, and Edwin is like, "Sure, man, no props, no worries." He's like, "I no can fresh. tell by the whole cloak and the way that you keep twirling it that you're putting on a show out here." Yeah. But I think we're good. <laughs> You've got Dark Souls villain written all over your face, yeah. my man. Like I know this. Did you just call me maidenless? <laughs> what the hell does that mean? Excuse me, Vare. What is I'll your have problem? You know that I've studied the blade um, <laughs> many, many times. Um, that night. In, in Arthur's room, uh, Merlin is pacing around, obviously concerned about his friend Morgana. Uh, eventually, Arthur tells him, hey, please stop. Not totally sure that Merlin and Morgana have spoken at this point in the series, but that's neither here nor there. Surely they have, right? I think I know. I think they have. <laughs> at least once. There was that time that he like walked in or he was trying to like peek on her naked because he was perving. There was that episode. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that counts so, yeah, as friendship. They, they, sh- they must have spoken. Sure. Anyway, we see Merlin is pacing. He's hanging out with Arthur, and he's just making Arthur Arthur anxious. I think, you know, everybody feels helpless, and I think Merlin even more so because he actually knows that there's probably something he can do, but he's not allowed to do it. Um, his his internal, eternal dilemma. Um, next, we see Gaius, and he is telling Uther that Morgana is pretty much out of time. She only has a few hours left. Um, and this is when, you know, they're desperate now. So Arthur brings up like, hey, I met this spooky cosplayer outside. He said he could help. But even if he turns out to be fake, which he probably is, it can't make things any worse if she's just going to die anyway. So mm-hmm. we might as well give this uh, uh, a try. Uh, and the next thing we see is Edwin coming in to introduce himself to Uther. Um, Gaius seems to recognize him, but we don't we don't know too much about that yet. Yeah. Um, but this is also probably the most polite and subservient that we've ever seen a character to Uther into this like mm-hmm. whole throne room situation. Like our perspective on Uther and Arthur have really been through either Morgana or Merlin or Gaius and Gaius and Morgana are like, or Morgana specifically is, is kind of on an equal standing. Gaius is like a longtime trusted um, supporter and Merlin mm-hmm. who just kind of thinks this whole thing is a sham and just kind of dismisses it out of hand. This is the first time we've really seen like a main character be like, yes, sire, right away, sire, whatever you need, yeah, sire, yeah. that's kind of thing. And man, Uther eats this shit up throughout the entire Dude. episode. It is ridiculous how much he's into yeah. this. This is like this is what he's been waiting for. Yeah, As like you just said, he hangs out with all of these people. Even Gwen is just like silent around him. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> yeah, like, I just, just want somebody to, to just literally the kiss room. my boobs. <laughs> yeah, um, but Edwin is like, okay, please, like, yeah, just just let me take a shot at this. Oh yeah, Gaius, he says, hey, we've met before. Edwin says, I doubt it. You wouldn't forget a face like mine. And Gaius is like, yeah, that's like kind of why I brought it up. <laughs> um, uh, I was I was trying to be sensitive about it, but yeah, no, I wasn't going to talk about your face, but like you, you just you look real familiar. Um, Arthur, he asked Edward asked to examine Morgana. Um, Arthur assigns Merlin to help him, and we kind of skip over to a room with all of uh, Edwin's equipment, which was originally designed for alchemy. Um, and they have this very weird conversation. 
where it's like, oh, I love science. I'm always interested in science, says Merlin. And, you know, Edwin is like, yes, science can explain everything. And Merlin says, what about love? And I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> we, when did this, what? what are you, what is happening? He's like, oh, are you in love? And he's like, who, me? No, absolutely not. I'm just in lust with everybody in this castle yeah. right now. Just, I'm just, yeah, it's, it is so peculiar that he brings this up. I understand that heroes have to believe in love and emotion and all that kind of thing. But, um. It's very strange. Uh, uh, there's also there's funny. also the line where Edwin is like, you know, you seem very bright for a servant. And Merlin says, don't be fooled. I'm not that bright. <laughs> like, what the fuck is happening in this episode? I don't get it. Oh, they're out of control. They're out of control. So funny. Um, we jump over to uh, Edwin's lab to Morgana, uh, where Arthur, Uther, and Gaius are waiting. Edwin asks for privacy, and Gaius kind of does this uh, like extended bit of well, this would be a good time for me to see you in action, you know, and, and Gaius, and excuse me, Edwin is like, no, now is not the time for instruction. Now is the time for helping. Um, and I just like the idea that you, and I know this is like fantasy land and nothing is real. And like, I know this is based on real stuff, blah, 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 blah. But like the idea that these people would be like, sure, random stranger. I know she's more or less like the princess, right? Yeah. And she's the king's like, ward and she's beautiful. He's just a and, freaky guy. And he's just a weird little goblin that came out of nowhere. I just, and, I feel like top of the list of things you don't do with your, you know, princess is, uh, one of them is let them, uh, one freaky guy go into her room alone. Yeah. That just absolutely. Like top of the list. Uh-huh. Stuff you don't do. Don't give them stepmoms. It's like probably fourth or fifth on that list somewhere. Stay, yep. stay away yep. from stepmoms. Yep. That's a big one. Um, but yeah, don't let the don't weird weird little goblin man in there just to just to check her out. I while think she's, after while this episode, no freaky guys is definitely being moved up the list. <laughs> no freaky guys is number one now. Um, but they give it to him. They give him a privacy, and uh, Edwin walks over, opens his box of bugs, and is pulling something out of her ear when Gwen walks in and kind he's of a, he's got a box of bugs. He's got okay, a box sorry. of bugs, dude. Uh, Gwen walks in and kind of catches him. He quickly kicks her out, but she sees that. Uh, he's not like he's got a like a napkin and he's kind of placing some blood in her ear. She sees mm-hmm. she doesn't you know she's a servant so she's not going to say anything just yet. But she she kind of notices that something is off with this whole situation. Uh, but she leaves. Edwin resumes pulls this bug out of her ear. And she he smiles at it like real creepy like like Edwin is just really I don't know who the actor is but he's really like they just told that dude like act like a fucking goblin ass freak bro. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, you're a cartoon villain. And he was like I say no more. Say no more. I got um, this. But yeah, he's he's really good at getting uh at gaslighting Gwen and getting her out of there. Mm-hmm. And then he's he does his little incantation. He takes that bug out and dude, this like you said, if you got a box full of bugs, I mean, you're a bad guy. Period. You're a bad guy. I'm bad. sorry, fellas. If you're out there listening to this and you're like, wait, but I have a box of bugs yep. at home. You're yep. on your commute to work right now, mm-hmm. thinking about your box full of bugs. You're thinking, who are these two guys getting on my podcast app, telling me I'm a bad person for a box of bugs? Listen, this it's strange. It's just a little strange. It's a little odd. Like you're gonna. Here, here's the thing. Here's the thing. You can be a guy with a box of bugs, right? You can yeah. be that guy. But you have but to under what conditions? You have to work so hard on the other side of that scale to be a completely fucking normal yeah. dude. You have to have yeah. the nine to five, the four hundred one k, the typically handsome features, a head full of hair. Strong. You have to be strong. Reliable transportation, parents who aren't divorced, a home paid for, and then it, like that, that that tips the scales into like oh. 
well i mean he's fine he just has a weird like bug thing but if you're a bug guy and you're also like creepy alchemy guy and you're like yeah. fucking TikTok in his house by himself guy like you can't you have to you can't that doesn't that that just means creepy little goblin dude you know what i'm saying like mm-hmm. also i'm I don't have a bag full of bucks, but I've definitely TikToked in my house before for the Monster of the Week podcast account. So maybe I should not, <laughs> maybe I should not throw such so many stones lest I break the glass that is my house. Well, I'm not, I'm not any of those bad things that you were talking about. So I think it's perfectly okay. Yeah, but you're also um, not any of the good things either. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> um, anyway. Please. Oh, my God. The buffoon DMs are already flooding in. Uh, how did they know already? Is this live stream? Um, anyway, Edwin comes out of Morgana's room a little while later. He's like, I have great news. It was a cerebral hemorrhage. And then there's just silence. Where everybody's like, what? What is? What are those words? We've never I don't heard. know what those words mean, but they don't sound like great yeah. news. And he's like, oh, well, it can lead to a coma, um, but I can heal her. I can heal her now. Um, or actually... I'm just kidding. I did heal her. Shit, done, I practiced bro. my lines before I came out here and I got so excited that I forgot them. Um, all he really does is make Gaius look bad in front of everybody. Yes. And then they go in and Morgana's like, I'm fine. Yeah, totally good. I don't know what he did. I, I did was, soil I myself because it's been two days. but And I had a full bladder when I conked out. <laughs> yeah. Can somebody fetch me my journal? Don't read when? it. <laughs> but I have to update it immediately. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the room just reeks of urine and she's sitting there scrawling. Notes for her zine. Uh, later on, Gaius congratulates Edwin on his work. And it's like, hey, good job. Uh, what did you do? Uh, and Edwin kind of plays it cool. Oh, it was a new method. It's not perfect. Oh, I put a bug in her ear. Um, I mean, um, uh, and this is when Gaius a- again asks him about the scarring on his face and says, like, did we did I treat you for that? And Edwin's like, we've, we've af- absolutely never met. So can you stop bringing it up? They're uh, not acne scars, okay? This is like a, like a thing. This, this is, is just a, who I am. A, like, it's just, this it's is just, a story. Can you stop bringing it up? <laughs> this is my dark past and you're making it weird, okay? This is my, yeah. if I want to share my dark past story, it's my, it's my choice. Please do not be yeah. trying to bring out my dark past. This in front is of my everybody. character arc, Gaius. <laughs> You've had yours, I think. I don't know. We then, uh, we then go to the throne room where Uther uh, is offering a reward to Edwin, who is very politely, and um, this just like reeks of like, oh, you're, you're a bad person, right? Because like, mm-hmm. you're not accepting mm-hmm. the reward. He's like, oh, no, I couldn't possibly do that. And Uther is like, well, how about a place in the court? Like, you could just live here for a little while. He's like, oh, absolutely not. No, sire, could not. I don't want to displace Gaius. He's too good and he's like well at least come to dinner and he's like oh dinner with with my liege is reward enough and fucking like Uther is like five seconds from running out of the room and jerking off because he's not had this God. much respect in Camelot Dude, for nobody like ever gives years. it up like this no, no. The last time it happened it was when Taylor Swift came to town and said she wanted to be his son's mom and then she turned out to be an old witch she's fucking and that kind of shit is the story of Uther's life <laughs> like nobody's <laughs> talking about the shit there's no wonder he fucking hates marriage or marriage magic, magic so yeah. much you we know hates marriage I'm too. not I'm not I can't I don't know that the show is ever going to convince me that like Uther did nothing wrong as uh, one of the more famous people in our discord have, have, have tried to claim. But uh, every once in a while you can get a glimpse of an Uther that is particularly bedeviled by magic and you kind of feel sorry for him because shit just like this just keeps happening to him. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve it. Yeah. I'm just saying it does happen to him a lot. And I think that would wear anybody out. <laughs> Uh, back over to the uh, library where Gaius is arri- has arrived to ask his buddy uh, shit, Mon- Jeffrey Jeffrey Monmouth uh, Monmouth. Uh, is this is gonna yeah, be dude. Oh god, the buffoon! Why <laughs> they're calling me? They're calling me. They're in my Locobones DMs calling me Jeremy mm-hmm. a buffoon. Guys, 
please. Strong, it's strong I'm local Chris. bones. It says, it says it right in my Twitter name. It says Chris with the little cactus. It's never changed. It's not changed in a long time. Uh, Monmouth says no. You can't have the royal. You can't have the records from the uh, Magic Times because uh, only Uther can can unseal those. Um, and because it's from the Great Purge, so they 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 purged all these like people out of it. Yeah. Uh, meanwhile, uh, Merlin just like walks into Edwin's room and just starts touching every little fucking possible no, he's, thing he's, with his grubby little dick, dick beaters. The king, it's, the king of Snoop it's, is here. He's just snooping we got another, around. We got another member of the royal family, Snoop King. It's it's fucking ridiculous, dude. He just he just comes in and just starts touching stuff. Like you don't know what any of that is, Merlin. Like you're a you're no. a relatively smart guy, but like forget about the fact that it's not yours. That you shouldn't be in here. It, it's you don't know what where that's been. It could be dirty. That could be his poop tubes you're touching. Chris, you're all, I, you don't know what you're doing. If I lived in Camelot times, a, a, yeah. a random astrolabe would be the last thing I would want to touch. I'd be like, that's <laughs> obviously going to curse me. Like that's uh, I am yeah. going to get turned into a monster, and I that am not box that's clearly full of bugs. Yeah, I'm not going to touch that. Like I'm definitely not going to read any incantations off the box full no. of bugs, which no. is what Merlin does immediately. Like he's like, oh, here's a bunch of dead bugs. Let me close the lid. Oh let me call let me just read that shit to life like it's fucking insane and then it makes all the bugs act up you like that's now he's got a whole he's got some wacky bugs in his hands and then like silent as a whisper as as gentle as a shadow edwin flutters into the room <laughs> very good he says like fucking dracula <laughs> very good berlin <laughs> he leans in and he takes the bugs back um it's you know and he he makes the bugs go back to sleep um and then he's like so magic huh and Merlin's like, well, bu- busted. Um, Edwin reveals to Merlin these little angels that he calls them. Again, Can't trouble. be that guy. Red flag. Can't be that Red guy. Red flag, like number five here. Um, if you know a guy, ladies, if you know a guy, and he says, hey, come back to my place. And you're like, you know what? He seems okay. And you get back to his place, and he shows you that he's got a box of bugs. That's your ch- that's your cue to leave. No, okay? no. Here, here's the thing. If he, if he shows but, you the box of bugs... Ask for the balance of his 401k. If it has three commas, yes. he's good. If it's got if less than three commas. he's got a lot of money commas, and he's into bugs, you go, okay, well, maybe he's made money off th- of this Then you amount. overlook the bugs. But, but, like, no big deal. But, NBD. But I don't care about the bank account. I don't care about the 401k. If he then calls the bugs his little angels, you split. That's, you say, that's, that's a much bigger Give me bigger one second. Rebel. I got to use the bathroom. You leave. I, yeah. Barefoot. I don't care. You get out of there. Okay? You, you leave Listen. immediately. Why would you be barefoot, Chris? <laughs> that's a rude detail. What? You were going over. Did, you, know, so, you know. Did she take off her shoes as he enter, she entered the house? I'm just saying, house, you know, or? you go back to a guy's house, right? Uh-huh. Post, post-coital conversation. Oh, wait, they've already up, had like, sex. I gotta show you something. So they've, in this situation, he waited till after the sex to present the bug box to her. Is yeah. what you're saying. Well, he, he's not a fool. He, this has happened to him before. <laughs> he's not a fool. He's a freak. I can't believe we're on episode six and we've already got a post This is the weirdest episode of a podcast we've ever recorded. <laughs> anyway, anyway. Um, so this guy is like, hey, magic is a force for good. Why do you fear it, Merlin? And Merlin is like, because, you know, Uther outlawed it. And the first day I came to Camelot, he cut a guy's head off for using it, for, for being suspected of using it. So that's kind of bad. I've been on the chopping block myself a few times because I just don't seem to ever really remember that I got to stop <laughs> Merlin's going like, are near you, Uther. Are you allergic to tomatoes? Because they have a particularly devious punishment for people yes. who are allergic to tomatoes around here. Edward is like, what? what Edward is like, yeah, this scar is actually from a, a bad reaction to tomato rash. <laughs> it's like, um, me too. Look at my arm. <laughs> but Edward, Edward says we could be using our gifts to make this a better world. Um, and, I, and he he says that he can teach Merlin. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Merlin demonstrates a little bit of his power. He pours some sand into a bucket or whatever. And... Um, but then Merlin says you should get going. And he says, you know, 
Edwin makes him promise to keep the secret safe. Marilyn is like, of course. He does his flirty little smirk. And he's on his way. Yep. Um, I do like the, like the, it's so weird to me that these wizards um, or sorcerers, if you will, uh, like the way that they kind of show off to each other is just by doing like the most mundane task possible. Mm -hmm. Like Berlin had spilled this powder. He like folds a napkin. Yeah. (laughs) Like it's really just like, oh, like you're washing some laundry with your magic. Like this is why we should be using magic for good. Like to do all of the domestic chores in the house. Are you trying to put laundromats out of business, man? Um, um, very funny stuff to me. It's always it's always a pleasure. Although, so as much as this is like a sketchy guy, and I think that Merlin does sense that a little bit. He knows something is, is up here. But um, I, I think Merlin is always so relieved that he can kind of tell the truth to people. And yeah. he's, I, I think he wants to be proud of his abilities, but he has to hide them. Um, and of, he, did, he has talked to Morgana previously because uh they went down to like the cistern together but afterwards she's like i know your secret it's safe with me and he thinks that she knows about the magic and he's almost like relieved that she knows but then she's just like oh you like gwen uh he's like damn it see i couldn't remember if we had done that episode already or if i just like watched that because i was making the video for merlene so we did did okay (laughs) it's sad i can't even keep across in six episodes um, we jump over to Gaius, who's uh, keeping up his journal in the lab, when uh, Mon Moth arrives, and he has brought the records uh, from the Purge with him, because uh, Gaius has always been an old friend. So Gaius is going to take a dive into that book. Uh, meanwhile, at dinner, Uther is like, man, it's unlike Gaius to eat a meal, to miss a meal. Like, that dude is always on time for dinner, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, they just kind of rag always, he Gaius always, for a while. Late, but don't call me late to dinner, you know? Yeah. Gaius is never missing a meal, man. You know, you know, what, I'm, you know what I'm saying? And everyone's yeah, like, yeah, man, yeah. I get it. Like, I'm, I don't like him, but I'm not, I'm not calling him fat. Like, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> this is just me. I won't go there. Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to kill him because he killed my parents, but, like, I'm not going to make fun of his physical appearance. Like, I don't think that's kind of beneath both of us right now, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Uther's just really confused. Um, anyway, yeah. So, um, what, what, are, what are we doing here? They're, we're at dinner. Uh, this is when Edwin really pulls out the stops uh, and is, is yes. starts talking about. Yeah, well, if he hadn't, if Gaius hadn't given all of the sleeping draughts to to Morgana. Uh, we would have seen this problem earlier. Um, yeah. And it, so it, we, I think that, you know, maybe I should review all of Gaius's work forever and ever. Amen. And Uther is just mm-hmm. like, absolutely. 100%. Yeah, definitely. A- definitely doing definitely. this. I only got like one friend and it's Gaius, but I'll betray him. That's, That's cool. no no big deal, man. I, like I'm, I'm also kind of a king, so I feel like everybody's my friend, but it, I haven't figured out that it doesn't work yeah, that way. Yeah. Even though I've been a king for like friends. They disappoint 50 years. Me, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, you would think that, like, this is the kind of shit that he would be distrustful of. And I know it's a TV show, and it's just the point. But, like, it's just so weird. Oh, Uther is vain in a really interesting way where you all you have to do is, like, one nice thing for him. And it can blind him to a lot of other stuff. Or one bad thing, and it blinds him to a lot of other stuff. Uh, like, you know, Lancelot is, like, the best dude ever, but he lied about the one thing, so he's never forgiven ever. Um, Merlin, he's a peasant. Uh, he was almost accused of, or almost executed for using magic. By all intents and purposes, um, Uther should hate Merlin. Mm-hmm. But like the one time that he saved Arthur in front of him, he's like, "Ah, oh, yes, you will be rewarded." And blah blah. Like he just can only see like the one thing in front of him. I don't even. What am I talking about? Let's keep moving. Well, no, th- you made a good point, and I, this is something I was going to bring up later, but I'll, I'll do it now just so we can move on and not talk about it again. Again, Uther is definitely like, and and I know this is. <laughs> apologies to all the Uther lovers out there, but he's definitely like the Donald Trump of this situation. Um, mm-hmm. Because Autumn has a, a thing that she says where like, 
Donald Trump was always focused on like the last thing that somebody in a room would tell him. So like if you had yeah. three guys in a room telling Uther like we got to fix the water supply, um, birds are killing peasants, and then the third guy is like you're great but Gaia sucks. He, Uther's gonna walk out of that room focused on the Gaius. Like he's not gonna worry about the bird mm-hmm. killing the peasant killing birds or the sewer system. He's only gonna be focused on that last thing, and doubly so if you compliment him. I feel like. Like that, that's Absolutely. a direct comparison between like that's exactly how Donald Trump ran his <laughs> office as president, and that's exactly how Uther runs that's Camelot. True. It's just you are not wrong. You are not wrong at all. <laughs> um, so now we got Gaius. Good boy, Gaius is having his work reviewed. Yep. Great. Uh, we we see Merlin uh, leaving to meet Edwin. Gaius has been all up all night studying. Gaius goes over to Edwin's room and uh, confronts him, having identified him as a son of sorcerers. Um, so basically. His his mom and dad were put to the death. They were burned at the stake. He tried to save them. That's where the the facial scars came in. Uh, Gaius healed him, but of course, like was a part of the whole system that killed his parents. So he's he's burning with revenge um, because Gaius. Uh, and this is a phrase that's going to come up again just a little bit. Turned a blind eye to the whole thing. Um, and I know so Gaius here. He's like I I want to tell Uther yes. that your parents were sorcerers, which which of course I think would condemn. Edwin to death and up until this point of course Gaius is very suspicious I don't think that somebody upstaging him somebody being better than him would be enough for Gaius to like act like this of course he senses that something is is off here um not just that he recognizes him but there there is a part of me that's like man that's kind of like fucked up that you want to just like have him killed because his parents were sorcerers (laughs) like he took your job it's it's a little fucked up. Um, Marlin kind of pops in, but you know, go ahead. Gaius is in the right here, and Edwin is like, "Oh, you could tell Uther about me, and then we can tell him about Merlin too." So he's like, "Damn it! God damn it! Worked, didn't work." Uh, Marlin pops in, interrupts the whole thing. Uh, We jump back over to the throne room where Edwin, in front of Gaius, Arthur, and Morgana, um, is 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 just just laying into Gaius, um, uh, who he says uh, has failed to keep up with developments. Um, he kind of implies that Gaius is infirm. Uh, and Uther says, well, like in this case, I, I think you definitely should stay at the castle. And he's like, well, let me think about it. And Uther's like, oh, I'll think about it too. Like, I, I, I mean, we both have to think about things, man. Like we wasn't just a carte blanche. You know what I'm saying? Like we both think about stuff. It's okay. Like, I mean, you could stay if you want, but like we, we both got to think about it. Right. You tell me when you tell me when you're finished thinking about it. And I'll tell you when I'm finished thinking about it. All right. I think that's just the way it should work. This is Uther, correct? Yes, this is Uther. Yes, okay. Um, Sorry. But yeah. Um, I got too much in character there. I apologize. Oh, no, no, no. I just, I just want to make sure we were on the same page. Um, yeah, he's he's becoming, he's getting clo- Edwin's getting closer and closer to becoming, you know, court physician here. Um, Morgana tries to argue on Guy's behalf. She's like, this dude has taken care of me since I was a, a, a wee, wee lass. And, yeah. and now you want to just sack him because he did one thing wrong. Um, but Uther, of course, he can't ever see the big picture. All he can see is, you know, we can't risk having something like this ever happen again. Um, Shout out to the uh, costume person who put this dope ass snake necklace on Morgana for this scene. Like she's what literally she wearing the snake necklace. What if she was wearing a bug necklace? Oh, dude, it would be a little <laughs> sus. It'd be a little suspicious. But instead, it's a snake uh, necklace, and snakes eat bugs. Probably. What if so. Edwin came in and he was like a gift from a lady? <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's just like, is this necklace. a bug necklace? <laughs> Does this give me plus oh, five man. to faith or something? Like, what is this? I don't want to wear this, this unless there's a benefit. Um, so that night we see Gaius, he's he's watching Merlin sleep. 
but not in a creepy way. Um, and then he decides something because he was essentially asked earlier to choose between the life of Uther and the life of Merlin. Mm-hmm. Um, because if he turns Edwin in, that means that Merlin's going to die too. Um, and if he turns or if he doesn't turn Edwin in, that means Uther's going to die. Me personally, I think I would just say the thing about Merlin is not true. Yeah. <laughs> Sire, you've known me for a long time. I feel like we what, we lie our way around this anyway. Um, <laughs> Just imagine Gaius. He... Imagine Gaius having to argue this though, being like, "Sire, I know that you wear the dopest threads in all of Camelot, so you more than anybody would Dude. understand because you were also one of the most intelligent people that I know, Sire. And I could not possibly hide something of the significance from you, Sire, because again, you, your your sneakers, your sneaker game is just uh, yes. on point. It's as just as the wise and great king, I suspect you have already figured this out, but I thought it needed mentioning. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta butter this dude up. We already figured out his whole pathos. I know it's so easy. How is how is this not just the way that everybody talks? Yeah, Uther? come on, come on. I guess there's more to him than we thought. Um, <clears throat> but but guys, does the unexpected? He goes to see the dragon. I I feel like this was when I first watched the show. This was such a surprise to me. Uh, the mm, relationship mm. between Gaius and the dragon. We've been kind of clowning on this, but like the idea of Gaius kind of struggling with some of the decisions he made during the purge, and specifically his relationship with this dragon. Because I thought when I saw him coming down the stairs, I was like, oh, he's known that the dragon is there. Him and the dragon are bros. They're gonna be like working together to help you know merlin find his destiny and absolutely not the dragon fucking hates this dude like the first thing the first thing out of the dragon's mouth is like wow it's only been 20 years and you look old as fuck bro like you've not been taking care of yourself like i don't know what kind of face scrub you have but you need to get a new one because this is not going well um but it's out your new shit bro (laughs) it's really surprising and really really great that like the dragon harbors ill will towards this dude like that that you know because he's we don't know how, but in some way or form, Gaius was part of the system that helped chain this dragon underneath Camelot, which is just a bad idea on so many levels. Yeah. And I, I think you, you touched on it earlier, but we start to get the impression that, that yeah, Gaius did, just did nothing. That was his mm-hmm. crime, was he did nothing. He saw what was happening, and he didn't stop it. Despite the fact that there, you know, Gaius himself has used magic in the past. Um, but yeah, he goes down there to talk about Merlin. Hey, we need help. What, what should I do? And the dragon, it says that the, the prophecy still remains, that, that Merlin and Arthur will one day unite Camelot. Um, and But Gaius is like, does, does that mean that Uther has to die? And and the dragon does say like well yeah I mean like yeah duh. it's not Prince Arthur it's King Arthur have like, you uh, have you not read the thing. prophecy recently like do you know how prophecies uh, work Gaius you you weird little man <laughs> it's not the once in future prince okay um, <laughs> but he's like so okay sure Uther has to die but it doesn't have to be now um, and Gaius doesn't want to have to choose between Merlin and Uther I, I mean that seems like an easy choice for me uh-huh. but I also get it like this is a society um, you know at least within the fictional world it's a society that that revolves around a figurehead, around a king. A king dying, I feel like, would be a pretty big deal. Sure. Um, and it, it's, it doesn't just change their personal lives, but it changes the lives of everyone in Camelot. No doubt for the better. <laughs> but, you know, it's still, it's, 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 a, it's a big thing. It's a big thing. You think about like when, like, you know, JFK died. Obviously, I wasn't alive for that. But, yeah. like, uh-huh. uh, but, but you were, so. Um. <laughs> wow! <laughs> Got him. 
Um, I want to talk about the dragon's shade here a little bit because there's two mm-hmm. lines that I think we need to point out. Uh, one is um, how old a man can become and change so little. I think it was just a devastating line. Like that's that's, that's a pretty that's a pretty raw line right there. And then as as Gaius is kind of struggling and saying like I'm not going to choose between Merlin and Uther, I can't. He says, well then just turn a blind eye because that is after all your talent. Um, oh! And again, just underlining the stuff that Edwin was saying to him earlier. Um, and Gaius, like we, we go from this scene to Gaius just like sitting in his lab, just doing a real hard think, um, when, and it's just like one of those things of like, we're kind of seeing live what Gaius's weaknesses are in all of this. Like he's, even now he's struggling to make the quote unquote moral right decision because of his relationship Mm -hmm. with Arthur, with Uther, because of his loyalty to Uther, which, you know. Arthur has demonstrated that, like, you know, a king should do what's right, not necessarily what's right for the king. And seeing this compared and contrasted with, like, what Gaius is doing, I think is, is really interesting. I think it's good shit. Yeah, yeah. And he's, he's just caught in the middle of all this shit. And I'm, I'm actually... I, I forgot how much they did with Gaius. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm, I'm, you know, upon rewatching it, I am really glad that we're, we are doing this with him. Because it's so easy for him to fall into that, like... Uh, grandfatherly role, you know, he's he'll be there to smack you on the back of the head, but then you know, pat you on the back, um, and th- that's definitely a trope. So it's it's great to see them go beyond the trope. It's a comfortable trope, but still, I'm glad to see that they're going beyond it. Um, but after this, after this devastating conversation with the dragon, uh, we catch up with guys again as Arthur is coming back to the lab to to summon him. Uther either Uther wants to see guys immediately. Um, and he gets there, and then dude, he gets fired. Dude, he gets fired. I love this. I've told the story before of like the first time that I've had to I had to fire someone as a as a, a guy that was in a managerial position, and how awkward and awful it was. I didn't want to fire the dude. I was told I had to. I did it very badly. Like I approached the guy and was like, "I think we both know that you don't want this job anymore." And the guy was like, "Oh, I absolutely want this job." Um, <laughs> the, Uther has huge Jeremy, <laughs> early twenties Jeremy, having to fire somebody <laughs> energy because, like, if you look at the scene, he, the entire time, like most of the time when we see Uther in the throne room, like he is fucking like laid out on the throne. He is in a position of authority. In this scene, he is just nervously pacing behind the throne, almost like he is mm-hmm. scared of guy. His reaction to this whole thing, like it is hilarious. Like it is because he knows it's he knows it's kind of shitty, but he's doing it anyway. He's you're loyal and you're a friend. You've been here since Arthur's birth, birth and all that entailed. Another clue. We get a couple clues to some things that we don't get full details on here. Uh, Arthur's birth and all that entailed. Um, it involved a pregnancy. <laughs> Sandwich us, sir. Oh wait, tell you know me how, more. Like, it, tell me more immediately. About, like, you, you'll hear comments about how like oh nobody really talks about like how real like the real the re- realities of pregnancy it's uh-huh. always just like oh yeah i pushed and the baby popped out but the, you know there's a lot more going on um i feel like that's actually what uther is referring to <laughs> all of the other stuff that they don't tell you about that happens during pregnancy that's what he was like freaked out about i um, um you know our friend pad uh patty stardust on twitter um does the challenge runs of dark souls games and um he's been doing his one bro runs and um on those videos he he plays the video game and him and his wife kind of comment and people write in questions for Laura, his wife. And uh, a couple of years ago they had their first child. And so people were asking questions and there's an episode and I wish I remembered which number it was. I think it's in the, um, it's gotta be in the bloodborne when it's based on the years. Uh, but 
she they're like they're like hey like talk about the pregnancy and she's like okay but i'm gonna warn you i am going to tell you the stuff that nobody says and chris when i say like <laughs> i normally watch these one bro videos like i'm sitting on the couch i'm chilling sometimes i watch them during lunch and i was like just a, a slow creeping realization that she is not holding back a single thing about the pregnancy <laughs> and the delivery and the birth and i'm like oh <laughs> and like pad is just Good fucking quiet throughout the entire thing it was hilarious <laughs> Afraid to speak well yeah because it, it wasn't his body right like um yeah, right anyway uh gaius finds out there's a little bit of tension between gaius and edwin because edwin pops out of the corner and he's like yeah is there any objection to me taking over for you yeah it's like as soon as gaius tries to like defend himself because he's like i made one mistake maybe yeah maybe um and then yeah and then edwin is there um and yeah, guys, just uh, he gets he tries to speak up, but for Merlin's sake, he can't. Yep. Um, and so he he just gracefully says, "Thank you for your patronage," and he tells him it's been an honor and a pleasure. Uh, and he leaves. There is this moment, and and I don't know if this is just Anthony Head, but um, there is this there's this look, briefly in in Uther's eyes, where it feels like he made a mistake, or maybe he does he senses something in it that that he didn't before like there is something there but it does not stay in his eyes and i don't know if that was just my perception or if he's just doing really talented actor stuff but i i liked that moment yeah that's good stuff um there's also there's also some chat uh as uther is like you know of course you can live here until we find better accommodations for you now and you know you'll have yeah. you'll have some money for a while like it's a real like I hate that I'm doing this. Like, let me try to make this up for you kind of situation. It's, it's really off. Um, Gaius decides he's leaving tonight. He starts packing up the lab. Marlin catches him in the act. Uh, and of course is distressed about this. You can't st- You can't go. You have to, you know, I'll I mean, go I'd with be you. I'd distressed if I was catching him in the act too. Ooh. Uh, <laughs> just making those demons, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um... Listen to the outtakes, everybody for that joke. Uh, and you know Gaia says no you have to you have to stay in Camelot you can't come with me uh you know you I don't belong here anymore but you do you have to you cannot waste you can't possibly waste your gift um Marlin goes to Arthur who is uh we can't we can't we can't skip over the fact that he says Merlin is like a son to him uh he said I never expected such a blessing so late in life uh and Merlin says that you're more than a father to me like that bond is real now um, and guys, brings up music. You have you have your gifts and your destiny. Uh, you must stay in Camelot, but I I can't be part of this anymore. Um, Merlin begs guys to stay and teach him. He's he's not gonna let this happen. He's not gonna let things go down the way they're going down. But um, guy says goodbye, and then he leaves. Uh, Merlin goes to Arthur, who is training against a scarecrow for some reason. Um, Arthur just always doing something. Always doing something goofy, man. Arthur's just into some goofy shit. Like that's, you know what? You 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 come home and you like see a, a scarecrow at Arthur's house, and you like he's like decorating some night, and he's like, "What's that?" And you're like, "Oh, well, that's that's where I'd fight. I like I practice my sword stuff on that dude." And you're like, "Okay, that sounds oh, it's kind of goofy, but all right, cool. I'm that's into it." Good. Did you make that yourself? Yeah. Well, yeah, I did. Yeah, of course I did. Um. Arthur is like, hey, I can't change Uther's mind. Like, he's he's the king, and also, like, you don't know about all of this stuff, all of the bad stuff that he's been doing. Like, you haven't heard Edwin's report. Um, 
We jump to Edwin and Uther. Edwin wants to prescribe Uther a new medication for his hurt shoulder, which is an old battle wound that Anthony Head yeah. like delivers so, for so, so weirdly for some reason. I don't know why it sucks, sticks out in my head every time I he see this episode. He just added some weight to it. Yeah, I know. It's like an old battle wound. It's like, oh, you got a dark past too, huh? You got a sore oh. shoulder? He's like, dude, my half my face is scars, Uther. I've got a dark past, okay? Right, my, my mistake. You um, also got a box full of bugs that you call your little angels, so. As Gaius is leaving Camelot, he runs into Gwyn, uh, who is obviously very distressed that Gaius is leaving. Uh, and she tells him, like, oh, I saw Edwin doing some shady shit. He was putting the blood in her ear. I couldn't speak up uh, because I'm a servant and, you know, servants don't talk. Uh, Gaius is like, I can't do it. Gaius anything. just nods and he says, that was wise. Of you. Yeah, Gaius is like, that was totally the right move. Uh, I also can't do that because I am also a servant. Um, and then she's like, well, if you can't do anything, I guess to see you later. And she gives him a hug. Um, and then it's we- kind of like, it's kind of like a uh, fuck you, but goodbye, I guess. Like, yeah. Because she she wants him, she says. Well, she accuses him. She says, "Your choice. You, you, you don't. It, uh, you don't have no choice but to leave. Your choice is to leave." Um, but then she says she'll miss him and gives him a hug and says goodbye. Um, and I, that seems to be the crux of of Guy's issue is he's unwilling to choose. And maybe back then, twenty years ago, when when things was going down, he was unwilling to choose. Uh, and that's how he ended up here. That's how the things ended up the way that they did. Yep. Um. We get uh, in the evening time. Uther settling into bed. Uh, you can yeah. tell it's old times because Uther is in like a twin bed. Like if I was a king, and I'm sorry. Re- and he's reading a Tom Clancy novel. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, what is what is Jack Ryan up to? <laughs> I can't wait to see what kind of political misadventure Jack Ryan is into. Um, Uther takes this 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 new potion or whatever, and it immediately just kind of knocks him out. Um, Gaius, we get a scene of Gaius just sitting at a campfire somewhere, just like looking. Um, meanwhile, Edwin wakes Uther up, uh, and Uther has now been paralyzed. Yeah, uh, he's, he's he's paralyzed, but he's like fully awake. Yes. Uh, um, and Edwin tells him this is the last face that Uther is ever going to see, uh, and he re- pulls back the hood to reveal the scar. And Uther's like, "No, I, I knew uh, yeah, the did, scar did I, before." Yeah, the hood is not. You've, <laughs> You've taken you've taken the hood off yeah. pre- prior to this. Did you forget that you've just been walking around? No, like that wasn't a reveal. This isn't a reveal, dude. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. And also, I don't know like, who your parents are. Like, I killed a lot of parents in my day. I'm sorry. Like I don't know. I don't remember their names. Let's bring up Two Face again. But at the Christopher Nolan in the Dark Knight, when uh, the Joker goes to see Two Face in the hospital, he's like <laughs> the fully scene. the Joker. Yeah, but with like, the mask and the nurse outfit, like yeah. fully the Joker, but with the little mask that we all had to wear. He's just got one of those on. <laughs> and Harvey Dent is so surprised when Joker pulls the mask out. Harvey Dent goes, <gasps> he's so shocked. It's like, what do you mean that was the Joker the whole time? I mean, it's the DC universe, man. Like people were fooled by it, like Clark Kent <laughs> for a long time. Oh shit! Oh, um, uh, he's got green hair. <laughs> Obviously, oh, it's a great scene. I love it. Just obviously, a dude behind that with full Joker makeup, my man. Guys, he's got the whole thing. He's got the whole thing. He's been Jokerized before that was even a word. Uh, Come on. Edwin goes on his villain routine. He says he's going to get revenge for his parents. He places a bug beside uh, Uther. Great. He says that the bug's going to go in and eat his brain. Um, he gives a speech about the screams that he heard. His parents, as his parents burned, he wants to hear Uther's screams. Um, so justified. Well, you par- paralyze him, so he won't scream. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and also, like, after Uther is gone, he's going to 
the magic is going to return to Camelot. Um, and then uh, he's he, got to pee on his bed. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'm and say it was Uther. I'm going to say, I'm going to pee all over the place and say it was you. He's going to pee all over the place and say it was you. You bastard. <laughs> Weird. That's just a straight up goblin, yeah, little goblin here, boy shit dead. to do, man. That's everywhere. some goblin action right there. I don't like it. It was definitely is. I mean, realistically, hey, Jeremy, let me just finish this really important story. Realistically, Donald and Goofy are in hell oh because God, they think Sora is, is in this? hell. So why do they think so either they themselves are in hell or they think that for some reason Sora would be there. So I think there's some untapped lore in the Kingdom Hearts universe. Anyway, let's get back to Merlin. So normally I would I would edit this so like you listeners at home you wouldn't even hear that we just disconnected from one another um but and then chris told a long story about presumably kingdom hearts again uh but i just the i just as soon as i my internet died chris texted me that the bit was too strong for my internet and that was absolutely the case like i i can't edit this because i was dying fucking laughing and i haven't gone from like such a high on a joke to such a bummer of a fucking technology problem so quick that i'm not even gonna bother to try to make it seem seamless i'm just gonna admit that there was a problem (laughs) i heard how hard you were laughing but then it was like quiet that he didn't say anything else. So I tried to like add a little more to the bit. And I was like, it doesn't seem as funny. The other stuff I'm saying doesn't seem as funny, but you're still not responding. <laughs> <laughs> um, so anyway, um, what's his name? Edwin. Edwin's like, listen, Uther, I'm going to kill you. Yes. And then I'm going to, and then I'm peeing in all the corners and I'm yes. going to say it was you. And I'm telling, I'm going to go right up to Morgana and I'm going to say, nose first, come on in here, get a whiff. Yeah. You smell that? That's Uther's that's, piss. That's, that's what Uther does. Um, uh, he he dies and he pisses all over himself. And, and Morgana's like... My second piss joke of the episode. <laughs> Morgana's like, I'm fine with that. It happened to me like two days ago, man. Don't worry about it. Yeah, <laughs> it's okay. I, and I still haven't changed my bedding because it's olden times. Yeah. Morgana's like, are you not familiar with the way that royals do? Like, we all generally pee our beds quite often. Like, yeah. it's okay. Like, quite, nobody quite, shames It's us. actually a sort of a sign of... Um, <laughs> of uh, it's a status yeah, yeah. symbol. Like, I'm too good to get out of my bed to pee. Bladder control is... I just assume that my servants will clean me up. Bladder control is so like peasant you know it's just give, yeah, it just gives peasant is what i'm saying yeah <laughs> says morgana um edwin <laughs> edwin leaves the room uh gaius appears having come back from the campground accusing him he climbs he climbs up <laughs> from the window from the window <laughs> on a big rope he uh he accuses uh edwin and his parents of not just practicing magic but practicing dark magic uh and he, yeah. he tries to cast a spell at edwin but uh he's out of practice it doesn't work he's limp he can't do it yeah edwin uh then slams him against the wall using some uh using some telepathy or some telekinesis and he uses the same spell back yeah. at him and then he lights Brutal. a circle of fire around him um mm-hmm. and i love this i love this scene this is so perfectly merlin for me like the merlin tv show is summed up in this where you have a old guy trying to do magic it's turned around on him the young dark sorcerer is putting the old guy in peril smash cut merlin walking out with folded laundry down some stairs (laughs) (laughs) isn't that weird Uh, yeah excited excited to reveal that he washed the laundry laundry, finally Uh and arthur finds him is like hey we gotta go see uther go get edwin um and of course you know merlin bursts into this room realizes what happens uh is what what is happening 
Edwin tries to throw an axe at him using magic, but Merlin magically right back at him. And we don't see this, but Merlin just straight executes this dude. Yeah, Merlin kills a man. Um, kills a man. And we don't we don't spend a lot of time here. And I, I just want to say, like, at the end of this episode, we don't spend a lot of time. Like, Uther asks no questions. He's like, he wakes no. up. Although, okay, if I killed a man, uh-huh. I think, like, even in self-defense, I think I'd still be, um, there, there might be some, some stuff I'd have to process, right? Like, that's, I'm putting myself in Merlin's shoes here. No, we're not, we're not talking about Chris. Um, I, I'm Merlin. I'm a young guy. I love to flirt. And I, and I kill a man. That would, that would weigh on me a little bit. However, asterisk. If you say he was a dark wizard, I don't know if I'd have any qualms about that as Chris or as Merlin. I just feel like you say dark wizard and I go, well, you know, okay, sure. That's okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's okay. He was a dark wizard. Uh huh. He had to be defeated. Not that a dark wizard isn't cool. Yeah, not, yeah. Not that it's not a cool thing to be, but if I had to kill one in self-defense, I think I'd feel less burdened by those. And you're talking about like, we're, we're talking like capital DW too, right? Like we're not talking about like casual, yeah. like dark magic. He's like, not like, he's not like a, like a, a dude who listens to Nine Inch Nails, yeah, yeah, and is like uh-huh. just sort of into some weird stuff. Yeah. He didn't like read an Aleister Crowley book and was like, "Whoa," you know. He doesn't. He doesn't We're have capital it, it, DW. It's not just a box of bugs in this room. It's a box of bugs yeah. that he can reanimate with a spell that he does constantly yes. and calls We're them talking, his angels. You know, cloak on indoors yes. kind of guy. Yeah. <laughs> cloak all the hood up. <laughs> That's the way I like yeah. to do dark wizardry. <laughs> mm-hmm, 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 mm-hmm. So I'm just saying, Merlin. I think that that's why nobody really bats an eye. You know, he, he was he was <laughs> use magic. You're dead anyway. Sure. You know, that's how Uther sees it. Uh, and yeah, he doesn't ask any questions. <laughs> so, uh... oh, actually, because we go back, um, we killed this guy. He's gone. But now with Edwin dead, that means that Merlin has to go back and use magic to save Uther. Yep. Um, and there was a part of me that's like. On a personal level, I don't necessarily know that Merlin would want to do this, would want to save Uther, because it just sort of seems like you let the guy die, that solves all your problems. But Merlin's not that kind of guy. Merlin's he's not that, that kind of... He's, he's not a dark wizard, man. He's a good wizard. He's also, a white wizard. Also, if his, if his father was murdered by a dark wizard, Arthur might kind of follow... Not like magic? ...his father's yeah. footsteps. Yeah. So you gotta... gotta um, you gotta have that not happen, um, Chris. And, I think what again, you're trying to the say king is at the center of their society is that you have to work within the capitalism to change the capitalism for the better. Mm. And I think that's. Mm. I mean, capitalism is magic is basically a metaphor for capitalism. I think, and is, is for that Merlin's <laughs> trying to present to us. So, well, Camelot is operating under a system of capitalism, and uh, magic mm-hmm. is sort of like the. Um, is the communism? Like the, is that what we're trying is, to? No, is no magic is sort of like the Bitcoin. It's seeking to change oh, no. things. Oh no! Oh no! The outside, it's it's unregulated. Oh uh, god! It's, it's cryptocurrency. No, god, I don't no, like that. No. Um, so they they rush over to Uther. Uh, they do a bunch of magic. Merlin's kind of the Elon Musk. I'm oh. I'm not listening to this bit anymore. Uh, Merlin. <laughs> it's a bad uh, bit. It's a bad the bit. music all kicks up. Uh, they Merlin casts the spell. He reaches over and like holds Uther's ears, like and casts the spell, like so he can catch the bug as it comes out, and it works. Um, Uther begins to wake up, and we don't get to see any of the explanation of like what happened, what happened to. We don't see any of that stuff. We just see Uther. Bug brain. You had bug. You had a case of bug. You brain, had bug brain, Uther. and we killed the bug guy, so everything's back to normal. Um, uh, later, 
Uther's on the throne room with Gaius. Gaius is like, hey, you need to drink this. Gaius, you telling me I had bug brain? <laughs> Dude, you got a... Do you tell me you got a bug out of my brain, bro? Let's see. You got a bug out of my brain. All your years of studying and knowledge and learning and you... I got a bug... I got bug brain? You telling me I got bug brain, Gaius? And then, uh, just to completely change the mood, he's like, oh, and Gaius, do you remember all of the people that we killed? <laughs> Gaius is like, yeah, man, I remember... We were right to do it. I remember right? every single one of them. Um... And, like, Uther kind of takes his time, but he eventually gets around to apologizing to Gaius, saying that, like, you know, I've done a lot of things wrong, and definitely one thing that was wrong was uh, betraying you, and I'm sorry. Uh, but if there's anything I've learned, it's that in the fight against magic, you are the only person I can trust. And Gaius is like, eek. Gaius is like, ooh, no sweat. Yeah, yeah. I definitely haven't been talking to a dragon or anything. Um, no sweat. <laughs> and then, and then, and then, Chris, this, I... Mm-hmm. I had to Google this. I had to, I had to if we're thinking about the same thing. So there's an official ceremony. Uther is giving is basically saying like Gaius, you did a great job. You can have your old job back, uh, reduced pay. We're gonna dock you for the sick days. We are reducing you because you don't get to start. You had all those raises accrued up over years. You're kind of reset. Same position, but you are reset. You are reset. Sort of yeah, like you you had accrued four one. weeks of vacation time. You're back down to one week. I am. I'm sorry to tell you that you're back down it to is one what week. It is. Also, you're no longer eligible for 401k matching. I'm sorry. Like you. I'm sorry. We that was you were a grandfather that's not, then. That's not on me. That's the rules. It's the rules. You know, it is what it is. Yeah. Can't do nothing i'm just the king <laughs> um <laughs> but he takes the time you now you're the court position and also also you are now mm. a free man of camelot i had to i had to look it up i was like this was he a slave so what was the deal with this this break this is a total like this is a, such a mind fuck it was when i saw it we don't acknowledge this in the show. For the rest of the show, it's Merlin and Gaius just kind of chuckling with each other about being a genius yeah, and getting yeah. credit. It doesn't matter. Because did in what how did Uther own Gaius? Like why is that a thing? <laughs> what so I, again I had to look it up. So it's free man is in like one word, like a freeman. Um and that means, according to Google, that you are allowed to you're basically like a freelancer now you can go and work anywhere you could go out to like the villages and perform your doctor duties you can you can do your job anywhere um you aren't like bound by one employer anymore is essentially what that means um whereas like gaius was the court physician so that means he basically like only worked there he couldn't like go open up his own shop in you know a neighboring city or something like that that wasn't allowed but now he could if he wanted to um so that's what if that's what it means by you are now a free man because i was like home what because <laughs> the implication here in my notes i wrote he wasn't before with like a hundred question marks yeah like it's like just excuse me like what the what the fuck man but apparently that's a term that merlin was like we don't need to explain that to them yeah, I guess people just know, but like from the outside looking in, I was looking at this going like, does Uther own Gaius? Because that makes all of this so much more fucked up, dude. So much more fucked up. Even the contract thing, even like, oh, you only can work for me is a little fucked up, right? Like that's still a little bit messed up. That's definitely like a little bit fucked up. Um, and that's pretty much the episode. We mentioned uh, Merlin and Gaius. Uh, I'm not going to get on one about it. You, you really took my, my, the wind out of my sails with that 
reasonable explanation of well, what the it, optics what thing aren't was. great on it that's all I'll say. <laughs> the optics aren't good i'm just saying you could have said freeman like it was a dune movie that would have been, that would have helped <laughs> yeah, me out yeah a lot. you could have said it different freeman 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 yeah if you if you had said you were now a freeman of camelot i'd been like oh that's just like now he gets like bonus extra sick days or something i don't know what that is i don't know but i wouldn't have been no, like you were in fact he has less sick days <laughs> we gotta reset you i'm sorry also uh i don't know if you know this but minimum wage has changed it's actually gone down <laughs> since i've been in office it's actually gone down guys so <laughs> yeah. um you are you are above minimum wage, but it's only one shilling above. I'm yes, sorry. Yes. Um, We're gonna make Nimue build the wall, says Uther. Yeah, uh, that's that's on her to do. That's so. her responsibility. Um, all jokes aside, a Gaius focused episode. I'm here for it. I enjoyed it. I liked getting to to find out a little bit more about him. I um I wish this was more Gaius focused. To be honest with you, like I think uh mm, we we mm. spent a, we do get a lot of villain screen time. Spent a lot of time with Edwin um, for a guy that's never going to appear in the show again, as far as I know. Um, it, and I mean, it's he was fine. Axed, like and so. it's and it's it's good. I just think like with some of these plots, it takes a little while to get to the to the meat of it, and that's what happened with the Gaius thing. Like I think we just we don't get into what this really means to Gaius until like the back half of the episode when he beats with dragon and six uh, episodes in should we start ranking them do we do we want to no no no, no. we're not, i'm sorry we're not going to start that until we finish our supernatural ranking project which we also have not started right, 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 so right, right. we have to do that first yeah well that's you know only 350 episodes or whatever Easy. No, no sweat mm-hmm. yeah, there will be no problem whatsoever um <clears throat> yeah I, I i like this a lot like i think it's a good episode um i i, I just wish it was a little bit more gaius focused uh than, than we get for sure um, sure. The next episode is Morgana dreaming of uh, Arthur dying. And if you, I don't know if you're watching along with the podcast. Um, I don't know if you're watching like the next episode previews. I think you definitely should because like it shows the fairies and the fairies are one of the most ridiculous things that we have seen on the show so far. And that should just inspire you to watch it immediately. So please, please, Absolutely. please watch it. Cause this next episode is fucking bonkers and I can't wait. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited. Any last thoughts? Oh, um, let's yeah. I'm excited for fairies. <laughs> cool. Uh, thank you everybody for listening thank you to our patrons over at patreon.com slash monster of the week just a reminder that you can get exclusive podcasts and episodes of this podcast early by signing up for just three dollars a month uh, you can also support us on the internet by leaving ratings and reviews on various podcasting services I mentioned before but we're now on all of them I think I think I finally managed to get all of that done uh, Google podcast for some reason takes like five days Amazon by the way one second <laughs> amazon is like fuck it i don't know who you are you've got the same email address okay well you can you can be on our servers nbd <laughs> Great. excellent google mean, meanwhile like sends a guy to my house and is like questioning me about my fence for some reason and i'm like it's a perfectly good yeah. fence and also it doesn't have anything to do with podcasting google man uh well so if we can't find us somewhere please let us know but we're on all the major podcast networks uh we're also on twitter at his kingdom keeps and on the web at still his kingdom keeps dot cool we'll be back next week with more merlin chat jeremy greer hey jeremy have you ever um have you ever looked at the lyrics for cotton eyed joe um i haven't I don't think I've ever looked them. I've lived them.
Does that count? You've, I mean, oh, well, that goes without saying. I know you've lived them, bro. I, um, I don't know if I, I just, looked at them, but I love them. Is, is that, I is don't that... know when the last time I heard this song was. I must have heard it somewhere randomly recently because it was just stuck in my head as I was sitting here. It was, uh, and I go, what is, what is he saying in this song? He's not so saying much, dude. He's saying, uh, I it's, hope everybody at the skate party has a good time. Because <laughs> that's where you is, hear that song. This is, like, this is kind of like huge Merlene vibes. So... He just repeats the same line over and over again. This is written by three gentlemen. Um, if it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. You say that many, many times over, right? And then mm-hmm. I think the only switch up, the only verse here is he came to town like a midwinter storm. He rode through the fields so handsome and strong. His eyes was his tools and his smile was his gun, but all he had come for was having some fun. If it hadn't been for Cotton Eye Joe, I'd been married a long time ago. Where did you come from? Where did you go? Where did you come from, Cotton Eye Joe? I want to know what the story with Cotton Eye Joe is because to me, and maybe it's because I've been hanging out in our Discord for too long, all I, all I read here is uh, the story of a, of a young man Perhaps he's betrothed to a young lady from Cotton Eye Town. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they're they're doing they're doing the traditional thing, right? But then this fellow named Cotton Eye Joe storms into town, and uh, our nice young man, his eye strays, and I, that's the story that I'm getting here. Is that the the speaker, the narrator? The song was written by a man, was drawn in by Cotton Eye Joe. So I think that this might be a gay love anthem, and I uh, I just want to project that out. May I read something to you? Uh, oh, please. The origins of the song are unclear, but it predates the 1861-1865 American Civil War. Uh, American folklorist Dorothy Scarborough noted in her 1925 book On the Trail of Negro Folk Songs that several people remembered he- hearing the song before the war. Um, George Scarborough, who learned the song from, quote, the Negroes on the plantation in Texas and other parts from a man in Louisiana. The man in Louisiana knew the song from his earliest childhood and heard slaves singing it on the plantations. Both the okay. dance and the song has many variants. Uh, All right. Number of possible meanings have been proposed. Uh, being drunk on moonshine, been having been blinded by drinking wood alcohol, turning the eyes milky okay. white. Uh, a black sure, person sure. With, with very light eyes. Uh, miners covered in dirt with the exception of their white eyes. Someone whose eyes were milky white from bacterial infections, such as syphilis. Uh, contrast of dark skin tone around white eyeballs and black people. Another theory is that the phrase cotton-eyed is the process of which a person is inoculated and the eyeball is replaced with a cotton ball. What? what Due the? to a lack this of... This got way darker. I mean, I am learning something here, but this got a lot darker than... My interpretation of Anuc- it. Anucleation of the eye uh, is the removal of the eye that leaves the eye muscles on the remaining orbital contacts intact. Uh, Chris, why is there only 26 people in our Discord right now? Total? Yeah. Did we kick everybody out? Did we? Did Is everybody gone? Did, did the Patreon just collapse? It says... Like, if you look at online, it says 7. And if you look at offline, it says 19. Well, um, is it I just... got some news for you because mine says uh, online is one okay. and offline is three. And the three people <laughs> that are offline is me, you, and Autumn. And the one person that's online is the pronoun picker bot. 
So oh. I think something's up. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. We're stupid, Chris. We're stupid. Because we're you're in the podcast recording channel, and I'm in the Wordle channel. So that's... Yeah, I just so, clicked on... Yeah, I yeah, just yeah. Here we go. If you, if you go to Hunks, we're, we're back. We're back, baby. We're back. 56 online and imagine, 277 imagine. offline. Wow. Anyway, uh, I just wanted to get off of the, the obviously racist... <laughs> not quite racist, but white people adopted it, so of course it's racist, Cotton Eye yeah, Joe. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of racist stuff... <laughs> Speaking of! Yeah, let's get right back into well, it, Well, okay, this this is this will be a, this is a soft transition. So Jess is reading Stephen King's It for the first time. Of course. And obviously there's, there's a whole section about some extremely racist stuff in the middle of that book. Um, but, you know, you and I, and a lot of other people, for some reason started reading Stephen King when they were like 11, 12 years old, right? Sure. So you're mm-hmm. just a, a wide-eyed child and your mind just gets just get, just gets uh, blasted by strange things that Stephen King says. Um, so, you know, at the age of, of 31 now, I'm pretty desensitized to anything that might come out of a Stephen King book. Like, I've been been there, done that, you know? it's I'm, I'm hardened to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jess has just been, you know, she's just been reading regular books most of her life. And she only yeah. just recently started re- reading some Stephen King. She read Pet Cemetery. Bold choice for your first one, because that was real sad. Um, that one's, that one's a little weird, she, yeah. She she read Sam's Lot because I love it so much. Um, she didn't like it as much uh, as I do, uh, and now a, she's reading it and she's almost done with it. But um, it's a slower burn. It's, it, yeah, yeah. But she she's texted me so many times, just like with like some random quote and being like, "What the fuck, Stephen King?" I'm like, yeah, you know, it is what it is. Just you know, it's, it's just a, it's, guys being dudes. It's a little intense. Yeah. If you um, I mean. We re- we reread the stand not long ago. Me and Autumn did, and um, mm-hmm. there's some some stuff in that book. Oh yeah, <laughs> there's some. Oh yeah, there's some real choices to be made. Uh, I tell you, going through the podcast, uh, uh, he's not doing it anymore. But Ready or Figure Midworld, where uh, my friend Cole was going through all of the Dark Tower series, um, there's some stuff in the Dark Tower series that gets real rough when he does like the full dialect of what he thinks that a, a, a southern black woman would talk about man talk like <laughs> and it's i listened just, one summer in high school i downloaded the audiobook of the drawing of the three from you know limewire or whatever oh my put Lord. it on my ipod and i had to i had to mow lawns that summer so i would play my ipod with the volume up all the way to try and hear this audiobook while i was mowing and I remember getting to the that part of Drawing of the Three, and this this poor narrator just he committed, he committed, and I don't. I know mean, if what he are you gonna have. do? Like, if it's your job to do that, then mm-hmm. that's your job. Then you have to you have to go ham. Um, I think that they should have just hired a black woman to do that section. <laughs> like, they probably should have. I don't know if that's I don't, I don't know if that's more racist or less racist to make a black woman do it. But if you're gonna like lean into it i just i just think about the audacity of a like a white coked up dude in his 30s being uh-huh. like this is how this woman talks like and, and y'all i'm not gonna do we're not even gonna i'm not even gonna read it like the like the the dialogue we're not even gonna do it if you've never heard do it you, just, uh, just go let look me it up. let me shift real quick do you think there is any other let's keep it to american author do you think there's any other american author whose body of work is as informed by cocaine as stephen king's is? <laughs> Oh, that's a good question, Chris. That's a good question. Um, maybe because every every time that Jess hits me with one of those "what the fuck" Stephen King, I just go, "It's cocaine." Yeah, cocaine is a hell of a drug. <laughs> cocaine is a hell of a drug. Cocaine is a hell of a drug. Um, you know, he put out a lot of stuff. You know, can't a, all be winners. <laughs> you know, there's all there's all like the beatnik stuff, but I feel like that's more like hallucinogenic and like 
uh, bennies and like upper mm-hmm. and like mm-hmm. pills and stuff. I feel like that's less cocaine. Um, I don't know a lot about Dean Koontz, but Dean Koontz was writing a lot of books then, but yeah. he doesn't have the what the fuck factor. Like his stuff was like always Stephen King light to me. Like he never. Yeah. Steve, Dean Koontz seems like he's just like a guy who likes writing. Even yeah. I've actually, I don't know if I've ever read anything by Dean Koontz. He's, he's done some good stuff. Like there's some, there's some stuff I, that I, I like vividly remember, but it's always, again, it's always felt very much like, oh, you like Stephen King? What, what about Stephen King Jr.? Which is probably yeah, very, I, very insulting to I Mr. Always, Koontz. But. I always get my sister, uh, books for like christmas or mm-hmm. her birthday or whatever not whatever but um so often i would go through books that i really liked and i'd buy her those like sure. hey, these are my faves here you go um and then i get to a certain point where i was like okay you've read all like the real good ones and now it's just kind of like left like the fucked up ones <laughs> and i don't know if i want my sister knowing that i read this fucked up book you know um it's weird so recommending I, fucked up books to people man it's yeah, it's, it's yeah. a weird vibe like you you so, recommended berserk to me and i have a changed man so <laughs> right so berserk is not something i really recommend unless i know somebody unless i already know that that person has is has ex, uh like into really dark fantasy or they're into manga like deeply and i'm like okay i know you can you probably can can handle this um but that's not just oh you oh you liked uh you like lord of the rings you like game of thrones you should check out this series called berserk no no no, no. there's can't, can't do that you can't just slide right into that um anyway one of the, one of these years i ended up like researching books so i was like what this sounds like something that she would like and i uh i got my sister a couple of dean Koontz books and she really liked them i never read them myself but ever since go. then i was Fucking like you know it. what i ought to give this guy a chance <laughs> He's good. The Odd Thomas series is the series I'd probably go to because it's you know it's a it's a kind of an interesting protagonist and it's kind of an interesting story. But a lot of his stuff is very much uh, like oh the dog can talk. Like it feels like it, Dean Coots <laughs> feels a lot like X Files to me in some cases. Like mm-hmm. where Stephen King always felt like fucking who knows what's about to happen on this page it's so. yeah it's always it's always the weirdest shit that you've never imagined you know uh, we, we're talking about weird popular horror writers and we're not talking about clive barker um who i read at a pretty young age uh one of the like so i got i was in a truck accident when i was a teenager i've talked about that before but uh i, I decided like coming out of that uh, clive barker I, was the one who who hit you <laughs> clive walker was the guy that hit me in the van which is why i'm in the dark tower three uh yeah. <laughs> that's why that's why stephen king had to finish the dark tower because clive walker yeah, yeah. hit me with the van um a joke for six people uh <laughs> seriously <laughs> so i'm like laid up in the hospital bed and i'm like oh now is the time to read this tome uh of clive Barker's series i may have talked about this relatively recently because i just reread them and, and i had forgotten the fact over the 20 years that's been since then that he's never finished the third book like it ends on a cliffhanger and there's just no third Ugh. book coming um but the first one that one of the immediate things it hits you with and listeners i'm sorry if you had to listen to us talking about the cotton eye joe thing you're and, and I'm taking out of the eyes you're really gonna love this part uh what a very first thing that he hits you with is this wizard guy who is making these demons and the way that he is making them is I might have to bleep mm-hmm. this out. I might not be able to say it is basically mixing tell, his, his, tell him, Jeremy. his semen and his shit uh-huh. uh, to make uh-huh. these long lizard monsters. And they, they, it, it, yeah. it happens a lot throughout the book. It happens uh, like, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, li- the only li- thing that I know about, well, not the only thing, but one of the main things I know about Clyde Barker is what you're telling me right now. Uh, one of my, fr- I've never read any of his stuff, but one of my friends really likes him. And he, he was like, dude, you got to read this. And, and then he told me what you just told me. Uh-huh. And he was like, that's why you got to read it. And I was no. like, I no. 
don't know if that's a compelling um, reason. Immediately but. following that chapter is a guy who discovers the magic of in America because he is assigned the dead letters office in this like dead letter mailroom. So all of the undeliverable mail starts coming to him, and he has to sort it out, and he has to like open it up, and you know if there's drugs or money, he has like certain things he can do. But he starts reading like this quote unquote secret history of America, like that's live, and he starts like putting pieces together that magic might actually exist, and there's a different world, and there's this other thing, um, which is way more interesting to sell you on a book than demons made of shit and semen. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. if you're gonna sell somebody, yeah, I don't. I'm not super interested. I mean, in the shit demons, in the shit. Demons? Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely not. It <laughs> shit come demons. Those yeah. aren't really my vibe. I don't know. That was also I like demons that are sort of like um, uh, birthed from gods. Um, okay, sure. Out of um, you know maybe like a men's sacrifice, and then some like spider Spider Man comes out. Not like Spider Man, but like a Spider Man. Yeah. Um, that's I like, sort of like, I, I like a fallen like. man demon. You know what I'm saying? Just you know talking yeah, about kind yeah. of berserk and like you know oh it was my mm-hmm. own weakness of humanity that has led to my downfall and now i have like lost some trace of that so now i'm a demonic creature of some sort um that clive barker book was also the first time that i experienced vor but i didn't know what vor was until mm-hmm. years later i just thought that like, and the it, most recent time you experienced it was uh shrek <laughs> it was shrek yeah i was well prepared for shrek because of clive barker's book the great and secret show <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. I'm I'm looking over at my bookshelf right now and there's actually quite a few Stephen King books that I have not read that I own. Okay. Um like what? I'll be, I have Needful Things over there. I didn't even know I had Needful Things. Needful Things ties into the Dark Tower. <laughs> Got to get it. Haven't read Needful Things. Have not read Dolores Claiborne. Dolores Claiborne ties into the Dark Tower. Got to read it. What the fuck? Uh let's see what else have I not read on there Dolores Claiborne uh, is a very fucked up book by the way that made me extremely uncomfortable to watch they, they adapted it for Netflix and I don't know that I can watch it like it's did they really yeah yeah I think so um if I'm getting the one right yeah I think that's the one where she's like tied to the bed or whatever for like oh that's four or five that days is, um, not, Gerald's I, I, game that's Gerald's game Gerald's game I'm sorry okay well what the fuck would Dolores Claiborne Dol- I don't was know about which the, one... Dolores Claiborne was about the girl who like escapes into a magic world because she got molested by her uncle on fourth of July or something oh bummer so, yeah yeah that's a huge bummer huge bummer um, for that girl yeah uh i got i have faithful the red Sox book that he wrote obviously i'm from boston yeah the one year that i decided to get into baseball was the year that they won and i tapped out i was like good perfect i'm out of here nailed it love it (laughs) and and stephen king wrote a book about it i'm out of here my most memorable thing from Um, needful things needful things is a great book by the way i think everyone should read it it's really interesting um but i'm gonna i'm gonna add that i read like one or two stephen king books a year still you know go back through the catalog problem is i end up rereading one that i already read Instead the, uh, of reading a new one. <laughs> the most fucked up thing about that, because the premise is like, oh, you can get the thing that you want, but it's going to ruin you. Like you've seen, the, if you've seen Rick and Morty, like they did an episode that was like. Gotcha, gotcha. It, it was that. I mean, it's very much compressed, obviously, but. For uh, some reason, I know what you're talking about, even though I don't watch Rick, watch Rick and Morty. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's how it works with Rick and Morty. They just beam it into your head at night. When <laughs> you, you just got to know about yeah, it. Yeah. You just wake up going bazinga and people make fun of you because that's not a Rick and Morty thing. Um, yeah, I, um... But they, the, the, the fucked up thing about Needful Things that I remember vividly is a woman who is obsessed with Elvis and buys a pair of Elvis sunglasses um and then are like glasses i think and she just wears them and masturbates constantly like to the detriment of her entire life and marriage and i just remember i don't know when needful things came out i'd have to look it up but i was definitely like teenage reading this and going like is this what is this the thing is this how women do it (laughs) this is so (laughs) (laughs) interesting this is so Uh, well if Stephen king says it Stephen king says it it must be true i I have a whole different process (laughs) like i'm just looking at jpegs of of porn (laughs) on the internet like that i'm downloading it i tried to print out a gif (laughs) 
Yeah. It didn't work. It didn't I'm, work. I'm um, downloading stuff I'm at 14.4K, okay? I'm downloading one JPEG yeah. at a time, and it's working for me. But, yeah, this is... Uh. I got yeah, I got a lot of like big old like the old hardcovers from a library sale in Maine of all places. I got like twenty books for eleven dollars or something like that. I'll never forget it. It was a steal of a lifetime. Um But I haven't read the new ones, the uh, like Mr. Mercedes, the what the I don't know, they're like a thriller series that he wrote. I don't know anything about those really, but I own them, apparently. Mr. Mercedes um, is good. It's a it's a serial killer kind of thing. Um, and it's about a guy. Yeah, gotta... It's also it's also by the way kind of racist because oh, there's oh. a there's like a real smart black kid and like his goof his big goof that he does is that he just intentionally talks and I, this is Stephen King's words not mine right he intentionally talks like uh-huh. a dumb black man um, oh, and then Steven. and then, and oh, then the Steven. like white detective guy is like knock that off you're smarter than that and then he just like you know presumably just talks quote unquote that he normal just does this shit dude it's and this this book came out in the 2000s like this is not cocaine that stephen was, king that's a new one yeah 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 this is not cocaine stephen king at all um but it's a good book it's a, it's actually a really oh, good they man. did uh there's a tv series based on it they did like three or four seasons of that that i did know okay i'm i got to check these out at some point but and then mm-hmm. last one i'll bring up is cell i have read cell yeah that one's good and I, I remember very little about it other than I read it really, really quickly when I was in, I don't know, eighth grade or something. Whenever it came out, that was one of the first times I got a, a freshie, a fresh Stephen King book mm-hmm. and read it like right away when it came out. Um, and then I just never thought about it again. I don't think I've ever heard anyone talk about it since. You know, it's one. Uh, it was that period of time in the 2000s where every Stephen King book, like the solution was a some sort of child that had uh, developmental problems um like whether it yeah. was you know he was on the spectrum or whether he wouldn't talk or whatever or he could communicate with alien like there was something like hey that kid is different and he mm-hmm. is the savior of the book because he could talk to the aliens or he could fix the the cell network or whatever the fuck like it was literally every yeah. single book <laughs> uh, there was that like what was the one he did as his alias that um where the he did like two mirroring books that kind of tied into the dark tower where like the one kid was oh. in both of them or whatever and it was the exact same situation where the guy where the kid is just like oh he's he's is that a, what is that talisman and black house you think yeah 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 that yeah um, as peter strop that's what i was looking for um and yeah right, it's yeah, the yeah. same kind of thing like it was there were several books in a row where he was just like oh this young developmentally challenged kid is the savior for because i'm stephen king and yeah, he's well. He's got he's got one bit, and he's gonna do it every time. And then you're reading, um, you're just like, thank God the kid's not black. <laughs> like that's the yeah, only thing that you God can he say. Didn't go, he didn't do anything else. Jesus um, Christ. Yeah, and, and we all just we all just go, yeah. Well, that's Stephen King. That's Stephen I don't King. Think there's for a lot you. of other people that we give this much slack to. No, no, it's only old white guys. That's the that's it. Yeah, <laughs> it's only old true. white guys. Yeah, that's, that's true. Um, I you know, obviously I I must have definitely told the story of of going to the book. It wasn't a book signing, but whatever. The book reading with Stephen King, right? Where mm-hmm. we went with my, I went with my friend and his and his cousin. His cousin's in a wheelchair, so we were going to sit up front. And I, yes, I've definitely told this story. Anyway, we come in kind of late <laughs> through a side entrance, and Stephen King looks down at us with his scrutinizing Stephen King eyes, and he's just looking at me. He's just looking at this idiot in cowboy boots who's who's trying to not be humongous in front of this entire crowd full of people. I'm literally in the front, in front of the front seats. I'm ahead of that, dragging a chair behind me to sit down, and Stephen King's fucking staring at me like, you piece of shit, what do you think you're doing in the front row, in front of all these other people you're blocking them you're making a scene over there and then he looked over and he was like oh it's because 
that guy's in a wheelchair, so they needed the extra space. Okay, that makes sense. But that one blistering moment of being like, don't, please, I don't want, I don't want to be acknowledged like this. Stop. I didn't do anything wrong. They told me to go here. <laughs> Poor Stephen King. I was going to judge you until you showed up with that wheelchair. I swear to God. Seriously. Fucking Stephen King. Hey, can you- okay. um, all right. I just realized that because uh, I, I was running like three minutes late and um, I didn't bring the stairs in here. So the dogs are like, how do I get on the comfortable bed and just go to sleep while you podcast oh, no. like I always do? So <laughs> they were pacing around this entire time. I will be right back. Okay. Now, while Jeremy is gone, I'll try to find the most um, <laughs> racist line of the Stephen King book. No. Um, it's weird to own so many books that i haven't read now i guess that's not that weird i feel like everybody does that i probably just do it more than average (laughs) i have a lot of big fantasy novels where i like i read like half of the first book and then totally commit to the series because i'm like fuck yeah this is awesome and i don't finish it (laughs) i have like three unread books from a series (laughs) wheel of time did that with that sorry about that way of kings that with that hey i'm just talking about all the fantasy series i have that i haven't finished <laughs> there's probably a bunch of them <clears throat> yeah i'm just looking at my wall like damn brother you gotta read more <laughs> you should get into some um i recommend this book to, all the time and nobody ever reads it uh, and autumn didn't like it for some reason but rivers of london um rivers of london yeah it's a um it's it's pretty light but i, I really like it uh a british cop is um kind of gets introduced to this like secret magical world of britain um but oh. the it's is it, is it like a series oh yeah it's like probably nine or ten books now oh, um okay, okay. and it's and it just it's just really cool because like magic is really hard <laughs> and like it fucked up a lot yeah, of people and like um i don't know it's just really neat and the, the writer has this way of describing like architecture and the developmental stuff and uh, development of architecture across like london and things that's just it's just really evocative so i'm just i don't know it's really good do you know what the first book in the series is called? I think it's called Rivers of London. Okay. Yes. <clears throat> ben Aronovich. Aronovich, I think. I'm probably saying that wrong. Aronovich. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, I got it. All right. 22 minutes in. Let's uh, Let's talk about some wizards, bro. I don't even have my fucking notes up. I had a whole story I was going to tell, and you started hitting me with Cotton Eye Joe as soon as we came in. Oh, Unbelievable. No. I'm sorry. It's okay. No, we're, we're in good places. We're good. <clears throat> I'm Jeremy Greer. I'm Chris Mosier. And this is still His Kingdom Keeps. <laughs> Fuck, every time, Chris. I just I, got, I don't know why it's so different. I got to I got to stop. Hold on. We should have we should have switched up the format. We really should have. Yeah, Instead just to make it just to make exactly it different. Yeah. Okay.